Welcome back to Funeral KRT. Bum bum bum. The podcast where we take a look at the scariest of obscure media, best and worst. <laughs> I'm Edward Kidder Quinn's hands. I don't know. <laughs> I'm Tyler Grim Greening Ghosts. Kidnapped <laughs> the Randy Claus. Don't worry in a sack. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love corn. <laughs> All right, and welcome back to the show. A very good friend of ours. We hung out recently on my recent Disney trip. Woo! Please welcome back to the show, Slasher Dismember Rochette. Woo! No, I'm actually uh, Chandler the Ghost Chairman, and I'm in double hell now because I got booped to death by uh, Molly McGee. <laughs> so that's where I'm at that's now. Aw. Also, something, something, Hamster and Gretel. Something, something, Hamster and Gretel. That's also Chandler in the mini, oh man. So today we travel back to 1983, when the thing that we're talking about today has no theme park presence as far as we know. Although it was shown at several exhibits, so there's that. <laughs> And the Disney yeah. Channel, so... Well, I guess maybe it depends on how you count theme park presence if things carrying over to other things kind of counts. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. You'll see what we mean. Alright, so we are talking about Tim Burton's Hansel and Gretel, a 1983 TV special that only aired once. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, it only aired once on the Disney Channel on October 31st, 1983, at 10.30 p.m. Imagine being a kid in 1983 who turns on the TV late at night thinking, I'm gonna sneak watch some cool movies. Then this comes on and you're like, what the fuck? Essentially <laughs> what we're saying is this is just the disney version of the Max Headroom incident. <laughs> and what's funny too is that for the longest time, this special was actually lost. It wasn't until there were a couple Tim Burton Museum exhibitions in like the late 2000s, early 2010s, where it actually got shown to the public again, which is really crazy. And it was actually leaked in 2014, which is how I found out about it. And holy shit. Right. I feel like eventually it definitely, because it has been mentioned in several Blame It on Jorge videos, I definitely feel like it would eventually get dug up by him if it hadn't been found by now. It's just so wild that it stayed hidden for so long, considering how, you know, prolific Tim Burton's career is. Yeah. Been. It's funny. I've actually never heard him mention this once, ever. I don't know if he's ashamed of this, which, quite frankly, I don't think he should be. This is actually he should be. It's really good, honestly. It's very weird, but it's a lot of fun. For one of his first, like, mainstream projects... This is fucking incredible. Right? Yeah. I can't I can believe that this aired only once, but also I just can't wrap my head around it. This is almost like the exact same situation of George Lucas saying he's never going to release the holiday special cuz he's ashamed of it, dude. Embrace it. We love it cuz of how batshit it is. Yes. <laughs> oh. Oh. We are excited, aren't we? Well, just relax. Just relax. Yeah. Now, we can have a good time. <laughs> Actually, funny that you should mention that he has mentioned in the past that he's embarrassed of it, which I'm like, dude, Underland, Abraham Lincoln, all of Dumbo 2019. Come on. <laughs> this 
is an underrated masterpiece. I love the hell out of this. Yeah. This is like some creepy pasta shit, but like I love it for that. Yes. No, no. This is Crybaby Lane before Crybaby Lane. No, for real. Quite frankly, I think it's better than Crybaby Lane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, 100%. I bet you that because it only aired once, there was a large amount of people who actually watched it when it aired and thought, that wasn't real. That was a dream I had. <laughs> that didn't actually happen. I was reading the information about it, and there was speculation that the film like didn't even exist. Yeah. Which is so wild. In recent years, it's actually been aired a lot with Vincent, which actually is on Disney+, Plus, but this isn't, which missed opportunity, oh, yeah. honestly. I think it would fit well. So as we mentioned, it's been traveled around on various exhibits. It's been featured at the Tim Burton Retrospective at the Museum of Modern Art in New York City, and the Tim Burton Lil Exposition at the Cinematheque Francaise, I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong, in Paris as part of a traveling exhibit. I gotta wonder how it must have been for those people, like, we're witnessing history! Everybody who has ever seen a piece of lost media in their life never thinks it's gonna be, like, lost media or never really seems to pay any attention to it when it first airs. I mean, I'm someone who actually saw Cyberworld 3D in theaters when that was a thing. That's right. Yeah, I never would have right. thought that would be lost because one day it just happened to pop up in my head and I was like, what was that IMAX movie with Homer Simpson in it? <laughs> and then I find out it's lost and I'm like, ah, oh, come on. F. Literally me hyper fixating over out of Jimmy's head, <laughs> despite it being a fucking abomination. Pat, Pat. <laughs> there was this one IMAX ride film attraction that existed called um, Dracula's Haunted Castle that was like this kind of very strange stop motion haunted mansion motion ride type of thing. And apparently that is now lost media because the master file that like N-Wave had for it yeah. um, was permanently damaged so they can never um, release it anywhere again because they don't have oh, any yeah. copies of it. It's just gone. And it was really cheesy, but I'm also really sad that that's just gone because I'm like, I would have loved to review that. Oh, yeah. Cyberworld 3D also had ants in it ants the, with the Z, the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah that right. uh, Not a book's yeah. life. <laughs> so this was pre-Pee-Wee's Big Adventure and pre-Frankenweenie as well, which became the most well-known of his short films to the point of even becoming a full film in 2012. So, yeah, in recent years, it's been kind of rediscovered because all these, oh, these movies gave you trauma as a kid lists put it on there. And I'm like, I agree, but also it deserves a look as a genuinely good movie. It really does quite well. Yes. One thing I really love about this movie, getting into it, is the total juxtaposition of Johnny Costa's tender piano playing and Tim Burton's surrealist imagery. It just, it hits so much different. It really does. Yeah, that's another thing too. Johnny Costa, the guy behind the music for Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, did the fucking score for this. And it's so good. It is. It sounds exactly like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and that's what makes this unsettling. So we have a Tim Burton special with music by Johnny Costa. When are we getting a Mr. Rogers episode with a score by Danny Elfman? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to reanimate Fred's corpse oh, God. first. That'll make it perfect! It's perfect, because you'd have to have zombie Fred Rogers to do it. <laughs> A lot of the puppetry in this movie actually reminded me of the land of make-believe at point. Yes! The whole opening, I'm just like, is this actually Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood gone to Japan? <laughs> and all the establishing shots of the miniature houses and the stop-motion children. Yeah. 
like the art direction in this movie, you know, even though it's just Tim Burton like finding his footing and essentially creating his trademark art style yeah. is really good. It is. It's so good. It's like a storybook come to life, basically. It's like a very simple, like, silhouette style, but it, it's very distinct. I love the craftsmanship in this movie. It just looks amazing. Like, And it should also be noted that this version is an all-East Asian cast, so it's kind of like an episode yes. of Happy Ever After on HBO, and it's really cool. Fuck, the dad yeah. is played by Jim Ashida, who played Marty's boss in Back to the Future 2. What? That was him? Yep. Holy shit! We're gonna make a nice, cozy fire, toast some marshmallows, sing some songs, and make us the best spaghetti dinner we've ever had. How about it? McFly! And Michael Yama, who was a big voice actor in the 80s for G.I. Joe, he plays the stepmother in The Wicked Witch. Can I just say that Michael Yama has, like, big divine energy. Kill everyone now! Oh no, he is a drag icon for this. Hell yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Hell yes. (laughs) He absolutely nails the shitty fucking stepmother. Oh man, yes. It was also giving very big Faye Dunaway as Joan Crawford vibes. No, you're right to say that though. Why do I bother to feed you? You don't deserve to eat. Why should I bother to feed you lazy and ungrateful children? I buy you beautiful dresses and you treat them like they were some dish rag. Yeah. Just... Just keep the stepmother away from the wire uh, hangers. Yeah. Though. Just whatever. <laughs> no wire hangers! Also was kind of giving Kyle Berflovsky's mom. Because Ooh, as I- soon as she showed up, all I could think is, well... Don't you do it, Carl. Well... Cut that out! Cut that out! We kind of only need to go through the basics of the film because everybody knows the story of Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> So the father in this is a poor toy maker, and their wicked stepmother is incredibly abusive to both him and the kids. And I I gotta stop you there for a second. What did he see in this woman? I have no fucking idea. Because he's so nice. The dad is a great dad. He loves his kids so much. With Cinderella... At least you can say, well, the dad married, you know, whatever her face wicked stepmother's name is because she was rich or whatever. So at least he had money as his motivation for her. What's the motivation for her? She's nasty and broke. Like, imagine having your mother pass away and then your father finds a new woman and she's just completely horrid. Granted, it's pantomime kind of horrid, but not like legit horrid. This can't be a Tim Burton movie. The dad's actually a good dad in it. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I love Tim Burton's movies, but sometimes he has some daddy issues. So we get the dinner scene where the family's eating together and What the the, hell are they eating? It looked like fucking guacamole. (laughs) No, that was guac. That was guacamole, because it's like, I know it's supposed to like be this like kind of vague mystery slop, and I feel like they did just use like food-colored slime or whatever when it was pouring. I could have gone without seeing the stepmother basically do a mukbang. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm oh. not well, Tim Burton. I mean, <laughs> if you're gonna use any food as a prop, guacamole is probably the most tolerable to just eat out of a bowl. I, hell, I could eat some straight guac out of a bowl. That shit's good. 
Kill the avocado. Guacamole. <laughs> I will say that after the fight happens between the family, the long shot of Hansel climbing up the steps where it pans up and you see like this giant force perspective shot of the steps up to the attic was really fucking that cool. was and yeah. the dark room that they're in that was a really cool silhouette effect oh you're just making this too easy on me tim <laughs> <laughs> landy what were you gonna say you know what that ladder kind of looked like being that tall <laughs> uh-oh here we i was go. gonna say the new one <laughs> <laughs> jeez there's only one of them Oh, Randy, never change. Mwah! <laughs> so that's a really sweet scene where the father steps up into the attic and introduces a little puppet some people said well why are his toys so scary if it's supposed to be charming i'm like this is a cool aesthetic come on it's not like we sing <laughs> i do agree with what you're saying it is a very cute scene but First off, why did he have to use the creepy clown puppet? And second of all, why did he have to talk in that? Yeah, that was a little hokey, but yeah. (laughs) For now, just close your eyes and wish you're away. Someday we'll all be safe again. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I were sleeping in the middle of the night and then my door opens a crack just to have this fucking clown puppet come in and talk to me and say... Don't worry, Tyler. Everything's okay. <laughs> I wouldn't fucking think everything's okay. I would fucking shit myself. <laughs> I'm beating that thing with a stick. Oh, you want to get nuts? <laughs> Come on. Let's get nuts. <laughs> uh, I also noticed that this film basically kind of paved the way for a lot of his designs. Like, I feel like those toys inspired the opening of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It really yeah. does. Yeah, you're right. There's later a snake that looks a lot like the Beetlejuice snake. No, no, that was the Beetlejuice snake. You're right. Oh, my God. Yes. And the duck toy from the Nightmare Before Christmas. That's right. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Funny enough, guess who does the score for Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Danny Danny motherfucking Elfman. Elfman. (laughs) We love Danny Elfman here. Fuck yes. So I will say that I love that this special turns the trope of the kid's automatically getting lost in the forest on its face yeah Yeah. they just they just fucking come back automatically because they put the stones down i just realized that because the original story uses breadcrumbs you just know that people would bitch about that like they do why didn't the eagles bring them to mordor why did the death star have one small hole that could destroy it you could tell people would bitch about that so maybe they change it to the stone trail for that Or maybe stones are just easier to have show up on tape. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, true. And then the duck eats the stones later, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, the fucking toy duck, which I gotta admit is a really fucking cool design. It is. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It starts off as this stop motion duck toy, and then it turns into a fucking Transformers robot out of nowhere. <laughs> because why not? Also, where the hell did he go that morning? Did he go to try to sell toys, I'm guessing? Yeah, that's what she said. He has to go into town to try to sell the toys, and he's not having a lot of luck. Yeah, and that town, of course, just so happens to be uh, how... Yes. (laughs) So they don't really explain how the stepmother is able to make this evil duck toy. She just does. Maybe the dad already had it, and then she messed with it a bit. I don't know. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking. I mean, in all fairness... 
this is the woman who goes through this elaborate ruse just to kill two children. <laughs> and why? Because more guacamole for her. Yay. It's money. Also, why did the kids instantly believe her, even though she's literally giving them reasons of doubt and slipping up as she's talking to them? Like, she wants you both dead. Don't listen to her. <laughs> <laughs> Like, she's already been such an abusive piece of shit, like, this entire time, and now suddenly it's like, you know what, we'll go in the woods with her. <laughs> yeah. I will say that the stop-motion duck effect was really cool. It is. Yeah. For the time, it was very fluid. Absolutely. And also, was the robot stop-motion? No, it oh, wasn't. Okay. It was remote control, and it was the jankiest fucking kind of remote control. <laughs> it still looked really cool, though. <laughs> yeah, it was... A toy in the 80s. (laughs) Indeed. They did what they could. So then it cuts to the kids being stuck in the woods overnight, and (laughs) they were like, she left us there to die! And I was like, no shit. (laughs) I mean... What do you think happened the first time? (laughs) (laughs) Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me thrice. It's the fucking Something, something, the George Bush clip. Fool me once... Shame on, shame on you. It fooled me, we can't get fooled again. (laughs) (laughs) We gotta throw a shoe at the witch and the stepmother. (laughs) What is the relationship between the stepmom and the witch? Are they the same person, or are they just friends? (laughs) I think they are, and here's why. The toy duck deliberately eats the toy stones that the kids are leaving, and... When the kids are deserted in the forest, the duck transforms into the robot, as we mentioned, and it leads them to the witch's house. Yeah, that's right. So I'm thinking that she's going through this elaborate fucking ruse, makeup and all, and this giant house, which, of course, is the least Tim Burton looking thing in all of this movie, (laughs) but it's still very fucking cool. Don't get it. It is. Oh, yeah. Here's my theory. I think the stepmother is the witch's child dealer. Like, she goes and marries these single dads, <laughs> takes their kids out into the woods, uses this fucking duck or whatever to get them to the witch, and the witch pays her money to keep doing this. Oh, God, Epstein's involved, isn't he? <laughs> I was gonna say Pablo Escobar, you sick fuck. <laughs> <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> she probably has this island where she just forces all these kids to be eaten by rich people. I don't know. God, this orphan sequel took a really weird turn. <laughs> So it's this bitch's fault that hippos are now an invasive species in Mexico? Yes, yes it is. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I gotta say, the segment where the kids are poking holes in the house and, like, playing with all the frosting, so fucking satisfying. I don't know about you, but that house is fucking bleeding. This is literally the exact same thing vampire bats do to cows and shit. They're doing it to this house. (laughs) (laughs) That house is alive! (laughs) It's fucking bleeding! (laughs) The house is bleeding and the children are drinking its blood! (laughs) Again, it feels very proto-Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Like, it feels like something that would happen in a Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared video. If Tim Burton was was just starting out today, he would be making horror shorts on YouTube. Oh, absolutely. He fucking would, 100%. There was a chance that House was gonna, at one point, show a bunch of blood and organs inside, like the cake and Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Let's be real, there's no way that if Tim Burton weren't starting out today... 
that he wouldn't be directing a Jack Stauber video. <laughs> yes! Oh I'm God. here for it. This felt like <laughs> a fucking Jack Stauber video. Hey, better than Dumbo 2019. <laughs> Always better than Dumbo 2019. Well, there's a lot of things that are better than Dumbo 2019. And considering the, uh, considering the fact that my friend Deagill did a live tweet of Dumbo 2019 that took, like, how many months? I can, I can oh, see man. that. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of things that are better than Dumbo 2019. Huzzah. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> so then we get introduced to the witch because one of the kids mistakes her nose for a piece of the house, which in all fairness... It's a candy cane <laughs> nose. I mean, I would probably do the same thing. I would probably try to bite. That was it off. a cool effect too. Although, what happens if she sneezes? Does it does it spray out like little bits of candy cane? I, I don't want to think about that. Uh, <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> uh. So the witch and or the stepmother brings the kids into the house and shows them that everything in the house is edible. And again. Everything about this is very satisfying, except for when the kids sit on the cushions and they spurt out like fucking blue and yellow frogs. Yeah, Maybe. that 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 kind of crossed I it for didn't me. Like that, that was a bit much. I personally no, have never really been a big fan of gushers. Yeah, they're not good. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are heretics. <laughs> I know this is gonna sound weird, but. I could just taste the frosting. Yeah, I feel that. This is definitely a neurodivergent thing, but I could definitely taste, like, fruit gushers when they were poking the house, and, like, the blue, like, frosting comes out. Really? Yeah. All I could taste was that cheap grocery store frosting. There's cannibalism, which connects it to Sweeney Todd. There's weird bed, yes. which connects it to Edward Scissorhands, so they're gonna accidentally poke the water bed. I don't know. They're gonna poke... <laughs> <laughs> There's eating candy, which predicted Charlie 2005, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, how did we get this far without making a single Charlie in the Chocolate Factory joke? <laughs> so another thing that adds to the theory of the stepmom also being the witch is the fact that when the kids see the cake, there are two decorations that look exactly like the fucking Oh my god, kids. you're right. <laughs> oh yeah. If the stepmom isn't the witch she's at least in cahoots maybe they're twin sisters who knows also insert cake is the lie joke <laughs> the cake is a lie <sighs> once again don't hug me I'm that's scared. the one thing that's not edible it was it was like the table's edible but the cake is yeah. not right yeah I, I gotta say once again i kind of made this obvious but Michael Yama does such a good job at playing the witch as well just this delightfully campy performance and creepy as well a hundred percent just like i don't know if he's done like proper pantomime work before this but like he just fucking nails it it's just so incredible That'd be so cool oh my god he was also the fire priest on avatar the last airbender so yo, yo nice. we got an avatar cast member Fuck yes, yes. Woo! <laughs> and then it cuts to the beds and i gotta say Say, I'd be annoyed to be having to lay on a marshmallow because it would get so sticky during the night. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> rest in peace, the hair. Sensory hell. The concept of a marshmallow bed sounds incredible, but then you actually lay on the damn thing. <laughs> They're sticky. That would be so sticky and uncomfortable. Well, the concept of a marshmallow world sounds fun, and then you have to shovel your driveway. <laughs> ah. Ah. And it's all led by the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> Who are you going to call? Someone else. <laughs> 
Casper 1995 reference for the win. <laughs> I have had Marshmallow World stuck in my head all day, despite it being Halloween for some reason now. And you're all going to suffer for it. Well, now I just want to go get some peppermint mocha coffee because we have coffee creamer. Like, they already have Christmas coffee. Ooh, nice. The beds come to life and they trap the kids. Although Hansel is able to escape by basically biting the thing. So why didn't Gretel bite the thing? Yeah, the candy cane hands, which... How long have they been under there? (laughs) In all fairness, Gretel looked like she was, like, really fucking tired. Like, you know what? I've had a stressful fucking day. I'm just gonna let whatever's happening happen. I don't even care anymore. My mom just tried to abandon me in the woods. Oh, yeah. Who the fuck is manufacturing these beds that are not only made out of marshmallow, but apparently have some sort of fucking SCPs in them that make their hands burst out <laughs> of the marshmallows? <sighs> Wait, you don't have those at your Ikea? Uh, Chandler, did you step foot in the endless Ikea? I think I did. <laughs> Shit, I can't get out. I can't get out. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. This is a maze. Help me. <laughs> Everybody gather around. You're all being administered class A amnestics. But if they were from Ikea, they'd be Swedish meatballs. <laughs> and that's another thing, too, I wanted to mention. So when Hansel bites the arms, are they edible, too? Probably. They look like licorice. Yeah, so they should be edible in some capacity. He can just eat the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. Hell, he can just eat the marshmallow bed and escape there. And- oh, but it's gonna be so sticky. And then cue that clip of fucking Herbert from Family Guy going, Dear God, how my hands would get kind of sticky. <laughs> <laughs> And then they can descend through the Beetlejuice snake, so then he can go eat the creepy gingerbread man. <laughs> oh, yeah, the fucking gingerbread I hated that. Man. I hated I... it. I hated it. Boy, I, I, I loved it, but I hated it at the same time. <laughs> we keep talking about Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, but that definitely felt like something out of Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Oh, he was puppeteered by Joe Ram. That's so cool, yeah. And was voiced by David Koenigsberg. Oh, wow. Only one letter off of David Cronenberg. (laughs) (laughs) This did need some more body horror shenanigans, gotta say. (laughs) Also, the cast on this list, Vincent Price as the host, but I didn't hear him once in this, so maybe they were referring to the fact that this used to play with Vincent? I don't know. But yeah, we do need to talk about Dan Dan the Gingerbread Man, because... Finish me! Good God, that little fucker is on... Finish me! Yeah. Oh, God, that was terrifying. Too smart for strangers. That's me. And it doesn't help. It doesn't help at all that the way he talks to Hansel just sounds so eerily seductive. It does. My God. Don't be such a baby. Just imagine crumbly crust, squishy insides, cinnamon aroma. Just start with an eeny, weeny little bite. Bad touch. Bad touch, bad touch! <laughs> oh, you know who he reminded me of? Who? Kevin Spacey? Fucking Cheshire Cat from Adventures in Wonderland. Oh my god, he does! Oh my god! <laughs> Not the same guy, sadly, but... <sighs> also, what really sells it is the fact that the gingerbread man fucking sings a verse from fucking Do You Think I'm Sexy by Rod Stewart. Oh my god, I thought it that was just- It is Kevin Spacey! If you think I'm tasty and you want my body, come on, Hansel, take a bite. 
I'm not eating anymore. You're disgusting. Ew! Ah! No! no. <laughs> yeah, so he keeps screaming at Hansel to eat him, and it's just disturbing, especially considering that normally you see Dan Dan with a really toothy smile, but when he gets immediately irate and wanting the kid to finish him, I just feel dirty saying that. He looked like if Mr. Bill got flattened out and then got a really big facelift. (laughs) (laughs) That whole scene was very bad and very uncomfortable and I don't like it. I mean, it is supposed to be scary, so it did its job, so. Mom, come pick me up, I'm scared. If you'll excuse (laughs) me, I have to go and vomit. I will say the design of Dan Dan is really fucking cool. It is, oh my god. That would feel right at home in Haunted Mansion Holiday. (laughs) Yeah. Half of the toys in the intro it's like Tim Burton's Baby Einstein for a good hot minute. Absolutely. I swear, some of those have to be like little Easter eggs in Haunted Mansion Holiday. I'll have to ask my sister, who once again is at Disneyland without me right now. Not that I'm bitter. Oh, <laughs> Also, Candy Cane Nunchucks. Yes! So that, fucking fucking good. that was flat. awesome. <laughs> That entire kung fu battle between Gretel and the witch was fucking incredible. Fuck yeah. She throws these like fucking like what I'm to assume are like hard candy ninja stars at this child. This child almost died and as soon as he finds the weapons he just barely dodged he starts fucking eating it. Yes! That was so cool. It's fucking insane. It's like this whole kung fu scene with like ninja stars and nunchucks and these like sick kung fu moves with a mr rogers soundtrack attached to it you know that louise belcher would be all over this oh my god yes yes (laughs) so the witch gets thrown into the fire you know the story and then they find the dad again and well no she no she does a flying kick oh my god yeah and and she she throws herself into the oven (laughs) like that was easy. She was also throwing bombs at these kids before that, but I don't think they were bombs. I think it was like the house exploding and melting from within because of the fire. Like the house just starts exploding. It like yeah. collapses as soon as they get out of the Jesus Christ. Tim. It's like the fucking opening of Raiders of the Lost Ark up in here where it's just like the whole <laughs> house is falling apart. And then it like melts. <laughs> it, it melts and then the swan pops out and it turns out the swan is a boat. I don't know what just dropped that the dad made <laughs> to go fucking get them, which like, you know, yeah, great fucking timing. Your children almost got eaten by a witch. <laughs> oh, look, our Uber boat is here. <laughs> at least in that one Simpsons Treehouse of Horror segment, Homer at least had the decency to kick the witch's ass. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, it would have been more satisfying if we saw a scene of the stepmother getting exactly what she deserved. Like, maybe the duck develops a sudden taste for flesh and she's stuck in the woods with it. I don't know. <laughs> Instead, they pull a fucking Miss Gulch where it's just like, oh, she's gone. We just, just straight up don't have to worry about her anymore. It's like she never even fucking existed. I want Tim Burton to remake this and have us actually get to see the stepmother's comeuppance. Pull a Peter Jackson or a Kingsman where we see the abusive stepparent just die the worst death. That would be perfect. Absolutely. Or a Snow White. Yes! (laughs) Um, And then also the swan shits out a bunch of coins, so now they're rich. (laughs) Actually, I don't think it shits them out. I think it vomits them. (laughs) And they fly away. 
<laughs> also, there was a big jump scare in the end credits of the video I was watching on YouTube. A credit for John Lasseter. Ah, go God! Oh, oh God! Nope, nope, nope. He must not be Hawaiian shirted. John yeah. Lasseter jump scare. Oh. Hawaiian shirts belong to Weird Al, not him. Yes. <laughs> and also to lesbians. Oh, yeah, them too. <laughs> and dad's on vacation. Let's go, lesbians. <laughs> Alrighty. So I think it's pretty obvious, but do we keep the tapes put in the donation box or do we burn it like the witch? Starting with Chandler. Keep the tapes. This was a lot of fun. I'm really glad I got to see it. It's weird, but in the best possible way. I love this kind of shit. It's great. Fuck yes. Fucking keep the tapes. Keep all the edible furniture and all the edible houseware stuff. Just- burn the witch! <laughs> <laughs> God, just Tim Burton started off strong, guys. I just so, so good. Keep keep the tapes. Huge old keep the tapes. When Tim Burton was at his peak, he really hit his peak. And I really hope he brings this energy back again one day. Maybe Wednesday will bring back that energy. We'll see. I hope so, yeah. Yeah, because Adam's family feels perfect for him. So it, it could... Yeah, you'd think that'd be a slam dunk. Hell yeah. God, it would. Please don't add in a random Lord of the Rings ripoff plot. <laughs> I'm keeping the tapes. Not all. Hang on. This tape is made out of brownie. Holy shit. Nice. (laughs) Randy, no, it's a trick. You're going to get cannibalized. (laughs) Hey, that's funny. My tape tastes like taffy. Ah, dang it. My tape tastes like a rock. I'm a real Charlie Brown here. You just bite into your tape and you just feel it's just hard plastic. And I'm over here with a broken brownie. <laughs> so yeah, I'm choosing not only keep the tapes, but I'm eating the tapes because I yeah, Fuck yeah, just how batshit and kind of terrifying this was. Like th- this really is my type of thing. Only aired once in the early '80s on a cable only channel at 10:30 p.m. Was lost for years, rediscovered, creepy-ass Tim Burton imagery, combined with Kung Fu, combined with Mr. Rogers Fuck music. yes. It's so good. This oh was tailor-made for me. It was. <laughs> it's exactly like the Sesame Street Wicked Witch episode. It's just beautifully creepy. Oh, God, now my tape is vomiting loose change. Ah, dang it. Uh, ah. I, I mean, this is well, nice. at least you're rich now. It's nice, but but it won't stop. It's still going. It's all over my fucking floor. Ow, How am I supposed to keep hitting me in the head? <laughs> it's still going. I'm still lost in Ikea. I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to find my way out ever again, so. All right, well. Just watch out for the staff. All right. So Chandler, thank you so much for joining us, man. Is there anything you want to plug? Oh, you're welcome. Um, yeah, well, you can follow me on Twitter at Starport97, at the YouTube channel Starport97. I post stuff about theme parks. I post stuff about cartoons. Two of those of which I posted very recently, specifically a teaser for my upcoming 41 Years of Epcot video. Yeah. Which I'm very excited for. (laughs) Obviously, I still gotta write it, but like that's why I'm giving myself a year to do it because there's still stuff that's just not done yet. So I also have a whole series I did and I'm still doing about the road trip I took across the Midwest last year. I have to edit the Cedar Point video, and then I'm kind of on the home stretch of those. Woo! Yes! The first six of those are out. 
going from Worlds of Fun all the way through to Holiday World. Those are already out. Yeah. And then there's going to be more stuff based on my more recent trips that I've done. Yes. Um, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash starport97. That's about it. Oh, also, go watch The Ghosts and Molly McGee on Disney+. Plus. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all right. All right. And as for me, you can find me at the usual spots, Tyler FG on Twitter, Tyler FG 96 on Instagram. As for the show, you can find us on Twitter at channel underscore KRT, channel KRT podcast, all one word on Instagram. We also have our Discord server and our Facebook group in the link tree in our Twitter bio. And if you want to help support us, you can also check us out on Patreon, where we have exclusive minisodes, outtakes, and episodes of this very podcast at its earliest convenience. And of course, thank you so much to our pals Gomer and Reyna for pledging to us at the $10 level. And and an extra special thank you to our executive producer, Mike. Woo! Hello, Mike. Hi, Mike. We'll see you in November. Mike Wazowski? (laughs) Mike Wazowski! Mike Wazowski! (laughs) He's covered up by half the Patreon logo. Sorry, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't believe this. I'm an executive producer for Channel KRT! Woo! You can find me on Mission Breakout on Twitter and Discord. You can find me on various episodes of Escape from Vault Disney, podcast without a cool acronym, and the Emperor's New Podcast. Uh, You can find me over at Cosmic Rewind on Twitter, replace the E with a three. You can find me by the same name on YouTube. You can find me on uh, pretty much the same podcast episodes that Tyler and Kid are also on. And you can find me inventing a new app, which is basically Uber, except a swan boat comes and rescues you if you're lost in the middle of the woods and you were almost eaten by a witch. It's incredibly weirdly specific. I have made exactly zero dollars and zero cents off of this. In fact, this has been a huge financial loss for me. Darn. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, with any luck, Elon Musk will show up and buy it from you. Yeah, you know what? He can have it. All right. Funeral KRT. Cut to lightning. (laughs) 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 Ah, dang it. The TV went out. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Uh, Hang hang on. I got it. I got it. There Ah, we go. Handy. Hey, kids. Who wants to write a movie? Get him, my man.